All right, everybody, welcome back in the Stewcast. It is Peckham Week Six. We're here already, and uh, we got a big slate for you coming up. Of course, the back end of the show, the picks, and we have a wild, wild standings movement based off last week. Uh, stay tuned for that. Today, we're going to be looking at TCU in Kansas plus UCLA taking on the Mormons uh, in a showdown that probably not really anybody's going to watch because it's Pac-12 and they can go fuck themselves. I got to introduce my guest, though, from UGA Wire. He is a lieutenant in an army. He is a young man hailing from Athens, Georgia, with a dog shit football team. He is J.C. Shelton, UGA football. Ah. What's up, guys? Good to be back. Um, I'm just now starting to recover from all the losses I took on Saturday. Georgia didn't lose, but actually are still on the bus headed to Missouri right now. I don't think they even showed up. Um, and But we do have a new podcast chronicling that bullshit. UJ Football Live with J.C. Shelton. Got former Georgia receiver Justin Scott Wesley on the show this week. It's out right now as you're listening. Um, break that Missouri crap down and preview an Auburn team with a good front seven coming to town. All righty. And the Bobcat. Bobcat is out. Bobcat is on the injured reserve. He sent in his picks. All right. No, I, I, it's always, it's less spicy when the Bobcat's not here, but he get better. He's having a little uh, acid reflux situation. Get better, Bobcat. Godspeed. He needs some milk. <laughs> he may. He may. He needs, uh, we, we should get this show sponsored by Tums. R.I.P. to Bobcat's anus. Oh, it is. It is. It's gone. Blown. Fire. Out. It's on fire. <laughs> hey, no, actually, it's still that Mexican that is just like. It's still. Yeah, it might be. It's just coming stomach. back. That what burns like... more? <laughs> what burns more? Bad Mexican food on the way out or the disease you get from a Mexican whore? <laughs> okay. And that lovely voice is a perfect interlude. For the main event of this show every week, here is our great friend. He is Mr. Wednesday Night. He is Mr. Tijuana. He is the whole effing show from NC Sports. Chris Van Dyne, CVD. How are you, baby? I'm great because you know what? That's the kind of stuff I cannot say in a Power 2 podcast. You think? No, Jim Jim would probably like stop doing it with me if I said stuff like that. So, um th- this is the one where I get to actually be free and, you know, let my let my personality out. There you go, Chris. My so, mom listens and, to my podcast, so I yeah, it's it's tough. I understand. And anytime I get a chance to talk about Mexican horrors, I'm like, yes, from experience. Well, that's good. That's good that oh, you're yeah. doing. I spent some time in Tijuana. Let me tell you what $29 can get you. Okay. Well, you know what? Stay tuned for the second part of this pod. Uh, that will just be between me, JC, and, and CBD. Hey, CBD, we got going. We guys got cooking at NC Sports. Now, North Coast Sports, I mean, your small plays, small college plays, rather. I mean, in Fuego, unbeatable, just dominant. Yeah, if you can find a place to bet the FCS, do it and use our plays. Actually, I'm starting to think that we're actually moving that Vegas line a little bit. I think you, you are. Know. I yeah, think you are. I've noticed that every time we put a play out within a half hour, we're losing three, four points on that play. But, you know, that's to be expected with the FCS because not very many places are putting them out. So we're one of the only ones, and we're doing it at such a, a high winning rate. Um, our star-rated small college is 8-0. Um, our total small college with top opinions and star rated plays, I believe, is like 19, 2 can and I, 1. Can I ask you a question? What? Yeah. Oh, okay. Fordham totals. Fordham totals. I just, they're just auto bets for me. I just blindly bet them. 
Yeah, I mean they're 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 and they're always in the sixties, and they're just blind bats. Here's a crazy fact on Fordham because I was looking at their game this week against uh, uh, Lehigh, and Lehigh's team we played against last week against Monmouth. They're horrific. Yeah, they they were getting fourteen and a half against Monmouth. That was a gift. Monmouth one thirty five seven. Um, last year Monmouth came into the game against Fordham. They had scored nine points in six games and had not scored a single touchdown. That uh, let, let me pull this up real quick because it's wild. I had never seen a team this anemic on offense in my life. Uh, so they had their first six games. They go three points, three points, zero, three, zero, zero. So nine points, six games. They play Fordham. They put up 28 points and 408. Uh, I'm sorry, 577 yards. They lost by a touchdown, 35-28. So they had nine points in six games. They run into Fordham. They put up 28 points and 577 yards. It's the get right team. And Fordham is, you know, we talked about it on the podcast last week with uh with Michael Ragai. He covered he was actually the play-by-play announcer for the Ohio versus Fordham game. So he got to see him live. But this Tim DeMorat for Fordham is gonna probably be drafted late in the NFL draft. Um he's four-year starter, 26 touchdowns, three picks. They are averaging 52 points a game and 624 yards a game. So this week they play Lehigh. Interesting. Tough to take them on the side because of how bad their defense is. You expect them to cover this week. But, man, they're giving up 44 a game. They're scoring 52 a game. It's wild. They're averaging – their games are averaging over 1,100 yards a game. Literally my favorite team to bet every week. Every week I just blind bet them. Dover. They always come through. Gotta I gotta wonder if the defensive players in that field are blind. That might explain why they can't cover a pass. Well, I think Fordham scores so quick. I mean, it's like they're playing double yeah. headers every week. <laughs> Chris, it's I'm texting you for FCS plays. It's it's a lot of fun. If you can if you can get the lines, man. One of the receivers had 320 yards against Ohio a couple weeks ago. Well, Stu, you can't get the lines, can you? I can get the lines, but I gotta wait till Saturday. Yeah, it's Saturday, and it's sometimes like like last week I bet Southern Illinois, and I used Bet Rivers, and they didn't have that lineup until like five o'clock, and the game was a seven thirty. So yeah. it, you, if you're just looking at like first thing in the morning, if it's not a noon game, they're probably not going to have it up. You so Barstool, I've had I've had success with Barstool, and I've had success with FanDuel occasionally. Hmm. Um. So it's weird. A lot of the SoCon games and a lot of the Patriot League games or the Colonial games you'll get. You won't get every game, and and yeah. neither site carries every game. And so, and it's like I said, it, just because you don't see it there, like if you look at eleven thirty in the morning, just because you don't see it doesn't mean it's not going to come up. They might just wait until an hour before the game to put the line up. They don't want to get caught. Um, they, they don't want to be leveraged on those FCS games. So they put a small limit on them. Uh, you know, I don't know exactly what it is, but uh, I, I know you're not going to be able to bet like 10 grand on an FCS game. No, I think I think it's a 3K cap. That hmm. makes sense to me. Um, but What is y'all's routine like on Saturdays? Y'all watch the games all day? I know Stu got, got a lot of shit going on, but – I try, I try to. to, you know, it depends on the day. It depends on what's going on with my family, you know. Yeah. Um, last week, I was not allowed to talk to me on Saturdays. Last week, I was football from the time I woke up till the time. You just wait till you get married, JC. You Dude, get married. I live for Saturdays. No, I'm, I'm like, Allie, my girl comes over. She knows. I, I told us before we even started actual day. I was like, listen, Saturday comes. That's my Christmas. And I have Christmas every Saturday from beginning of September to January. So oh, I kick yeah. I kick my family I kick my family out of the house. Just hey, wait till you wait till you have kids. They're gonna watch it with me too, baby. I've already told my wife like like Saturdays like Papa Mazan. Hey, you got you got me all day Sunday. Oh, uh, calm down, little flip. Uh, <laughs> you got me all day Sunday, um, and whatever. But Saturday, I'm sorry. Like unless I absolutely have to, I am not performing any fatherly or husbandly duties makes sense and then sunday it's seven hours of commercial free football uh see i hate the nfl so 
Dude, I'll sit and watch Red Zone. I, I really I fantasy teams. I'm four zero in that though. Yeah, that, it's <laughs> cute when you're twelve. Wait till you get to be uh, a grown up. Nobody gives a shit about fantasy. Well, we paid in this one, so I'm trying to win some. I, I have fun with fantasy football. I just can't take it that seriously because, you know, I don't get to watch a lot of the NFL because I'm writing power sweep on Sunday morning. Yeah. yeah, or you're deep diving the Salukis of Southern Illinois. Let's deep dive. Uh, this Kansas TCU game, TCU laying six and a half. I don't have the total. I will bring the total up, but I'm going to let Mr. JC Shelton, UGA Wire Live. Uh, he covers a horse shit, dog shit football team, but he's going to talk about two good ones here as the Jayhawks. Can you tell we're mad at Georgia? <laughs> yeah, we. I told Stu I'll give a, a, a 10 minute breakdown of that game later if you guys want. But yeah, so TCU Kansas, interesting that game day's there. Good for college football. I mean, it's cool, right? Um, in a week that Alabama plays AM, we get TCU in Kansas. I don't know. That total is 68 and a half, by the way. 68 and a half. Wow, that is big. But, you know, both of these offenses obviously stand out here. You got TCU at 550 a game, which is crazy. I expect that to tail off a bit. Uh, but 420 for Kansas. They're both allowing over 360 a game. So the defense isn't there. A lot of offense in this one. Just expect that. I think what TCU did last week was really big. I mean, that's an Oklahoma team with a lot of talent. I know they have a new coaching change, um, and they lost some guys in, in transfer, but they do have a lot of talent there, and they showed up and just put it on them the entire game. Um, you know, I, I was – yeah, Iowa State – Kansas last week 14 to 11 um you know I like I already had TCU on my card here uh so I do like Texas Christian to at least I think it's a 10 point game um did I think the lines did it start at seven Stu yeah it's come down a little bit let me get some hmm. more info so, for you on that do you think that it, no it started at six got out to seven and a half and has kind of come back down and oscillated between six and a half and seven, but you did get an initial point, point and a half drop, uh, rise in the line. I'm just interested in like, if that is a football thing or that is in college football, just loving a, like a, a underdog story. Kansas. I think sharp money came in first and public money is back in Kansas at this point. I think that makes sense to me, but I, I think TCU just just the way they're moving the ball, forty eight points a game. Kansas at forty one. They played a little bit better of competition. Um, like I said, the Oklahoma game last week that really stands out. I think they can ride that hot hand a little bit and come in. And Kansas, that's probably going to be one of the only. Well, they already sold out last week too. I think. So it, I'm, I'm I'm interested in what kind of environment because I've never watched a Kansas game through. I've been so actually I, enjoying the the games. I mean they they play hard. Uh, it's I mean it's pretty raucous. They're getting after it. Yeah. Well, I, I think TCU's defense maybe steps up here, and if they have another game like Iowa State a week ago and only put up 14, I don't think 14 is going to do it against this TCU offense. So give me give me Texas here. To cover that six and a half, six, whatever you said. I, I think it's a 10 point game. All right, Mr. Wednesday night. C V D, where you going? Uh this has been a really fun Kansas story. You know, five and oh. Last week they did it a little differently. The first four weeks they did it with offense. Uh last week they did it with a little bit of defense. They actually only put up 213 yards on Iowa State. Uh only allowed 11 points though they were outgained by 100 yards that's a little bit concerning it seems like Jalen Daniels uh really just turned this whole thing around darn damn near on his own he's 7-0 against the spread as a starting quarterback because remember the last three games of the year is when he started uh, when he took over last year they beat Texas they only lost to TCU by a field goal on the road and they uh, lost to West Virginia in their season finale by six, getting double digits in all three of those games. You know, the Texas upset was obviously huge, and no one saw that coming. Previous to Daniels take, uh, taking over as a starter, 
you know, they had gotten beat by 25 against Kansas State, 52 against Oklahoma State. So it was, uh, you know, kind of an unheard of story when he took over and they've been fantastic since. It's hard to root against them. I can't really go against them on the points, but I don't think they win this game. I think they might get brought back down to earth a little bit. But at home with the crowd behind them, such a good story. I wouldn't play this game myself. The over is interesting, mainly because when you look at a few of the scores, you know, putting up 48 against Houston, giving up 30, though. They gave up 27 to Duke, who isn't, you know, they're not exactly an offensive juggernaut. TCU is lighting up the scoreboard. Part of me does wonder a little bit. You know, I watched, unfortunately, a lot of that Oklahoma game last week. Man, Brent Venable's team can't tackle. Those guys cannot tackle whatsoever. TCU is averaging 101 yards per game more than their opponents allow on average. Kansas averaging 72 yards per game more than their opponents allow on average. TCU has a defensive edge. I'll take the points here. Um, I think I'm leaning towards the over a little more. I, I think the over, what would you say that total was, Stu? 68 and a half, good, sir. Yeah, it's in the 60s. As long as it stays in the 60s, I'd take it. Once it gets to 70, I'm probably out. But uh, 68 and a half, I I think it can go over because I I think TCU is probably going to get into the high 30s, low 40s, and I can see Kansas getting into the 30s. So, yeah, I'd probably lean towards the over as my preference. Side, I'd take Kansas if I'm playing it. I'm probably going to stay away from this game, just watch it because it's going to be a lot of fun. I think if TCU if TCU shows up, this is just a hypothetical, but if TCU shows up, let's say they get a turnover early or something like that, take the crowd out. Like how experienced is this crowd dealing with a game like that, right? Because it's a Cinderella story right now. Um, yeah, got it. These guys, it's a basketball school. They're coming in and TCU steps on the throat early and gets up and starts moving the ball, puts some points up early. They get down, let's say 10, something like that. You take the crowd out, you know, how how are they going to be there still in, in the second half when Kansas needs to make a run or something like that? You might take the home field out pretty early is what I'm saying. Hey, I, I, you know, I, I watched, I watched a little bit of the Kansas Duke game and I watched a game last week against Iowa state and real quick as a quick aside, because I completely disagree with Chris in this game. I'm complete polar opposite guys. Uh, can we, can we cut the shit about Matt Campbell being a good coach? I mean, after watching him last week, I, I this guy does not know what he's doing. I, I think he. I, I tell me, show me, show me how good of a coach he is. Tell me why he's so good. I, I'll say this much, Stu. I think that Matt Campbell is one of those coaches that is really good at getting his team motivated when they're the underdog and they feel they're disrespected. But they do not play well when they're the favorite. And they, Iowa State, he loses a lot of close games. Iowa State pissed away that game. He's kind of – he's. And I actually said this in the office the other day. He's Scott Frost light. Yes. He loses 100%. a lot of close games. 100%. That's the perfect I, way to put it. I don't want to say he can't coach, and I don't want to say he doesn't know what he's doing. I think he's a decent coach. He's a good coach for Iowa State. And if Iowa State hangs on to him, there's nothing wrong with that. But I think if if he were to go to a Power Five program, he would get chewed up. Possibly, you know, I could be wrong, but seems to me you know, based on what I, I've seen, I think he'll be with the Cyclones for quite some time. Anyway, that's a little uh, side deal. Jalen Daniels has been great this year, but I, I think there's enough tape on him right now. I mean, you take a look at what Kansas has beaten. I think this West Virginia team, we we've seen some better iterations of a West Virginia Mountaineer team. Um, it, it, it's pretty bad uh, out there right now. I, Duke, you know, take it for what it is. I, Iowa State, even take that for what it is. I think the tape's out there. I think this defense is very capable of giving up points. And I think Sonny Dykes has really turned around Max Doug. Um, I, I really think that you, this TCU defense is still holding over from that Gary Patterson era. I think they're still pretty solid. This is by far leaps and bounds the toughest opponent 
Kansas will see this year. Well, so far. And I, you know, I I see this as a runaway victory. I, I think TCU just stomps them out. And I don't really see Kansas getting that many points. I, I, I'm going to take the under, too. I, I, I like the under, and I like TCU. And we'll get to it. We'll see if it shows up on the card. But I, I, I have a hard time believing that people are not watching Jalen because it's smoke and mirrors. It is a lot of smoke and mirrors. And if you have the right personnel and the right defensive schemes, I think you can pretty much stomp them out. Personnel being the key part. But I digress. Let's head to a dog shit uh, conference in the Pac-12. I don't have fucking anything to say about it. I hope they all rot in hell where they belong. Utah taking on Ukla. Three and a half uh, is the line. Ukla is... I turned away from the game. I'm still still thinking about uh, TCU. Not professional, but neither is the Pac-12. Ukla getting three and a half, total sixty-four and a half. I don't, I don't fucking care about this game. I hope both teams lose. Uh, I'll let our Pac-12 expert CVD take it over. Uh, who wins between new, these two fucking atrocities? Oh, man, you're you're being too hard on these these teams right now. I'd um, rather watch Schindler's List than the Pac-12 game. That I. Schindler's List is a great movie, so that's not a ter- depressing that. It goes, uh, it goes Pac-12, Schindler's List. No, no, Pac-12, Rutgers, Schindler's List. Give me Lehigh versus Wagner. I, <laughs> I, I'll watch that. All right. Uh, I'll tell you what. I, I This is a game I really like. and I, This is actually our power suite four-star. Um, Utah has been a money machine since they lost to Florida. Kyle Whittingham teams, they, they always bring that physical presence. Uh, they're tough, good in the trenches, big on the inside. And if you think about what Chip Kelly's teams have struggled with since the beginning of time, back when he was at Oregon, who did they tr- who did they have trouble with? They had trouble with Oregon, who was going to be physical, uh, you know, run the ball, punch him in the mouth. That's what Utah is. Cam rising, 13-2 ratio. Uh, also can run the ball. He's averaging 8.3 yards per carry. He doesn't run it a lot, but when he does, he's very effective. The Utah defense only allowing 279 yards per game. This is not Florida. Florida ran the ball really well in Utah. I don't think UCLA is going to do that. And, you know, DTR, he's a good quarterback. Don't get me wrong. I just don't think that he's faced a real defense yet. Washington was missing three of their starting defensive backs last week. And, you know, they – they ended up giving up for 345 pass yards. That's a big reason why. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, UCLA had 215 pass yards, but he was 24 of 33 passing. Big reason why Washington lost that game last week is because they were missing a lot of their defensive backs. And you look at the schedule before that, Colorado. That's an absolute dumpster fire at Colorado. They win that game 45-17. They barely get by South Alabama by a point. They blow out Alabama State, big whoop, and they were only beating Bowling Green at halftime, 24-17, and pulled away in the second half. Chip Kelly teams are the same every year. They're flashy. They're exciting on offense. Defense has some holes, and Utah is the kind of team that's going to expose those holes, and they've done it year in, year out. Uh, Utah has won the last five in this series by an average of 27 points a game. Last year, uh, U- uh, Utah won this game 44-24. Year before, it was uh, – actually, it was the year before it was the COVID year, so you go back to 19, and they won 49-3 to at home. Uh, it- it's it's just been blowouts. 41-10 in 18, 48-17 in 17. So the last four games have all been decided by 20 points or more. And two of those games, Utah was less than a seven-point favorite. This is actually a lower line than they've had in the last five years against UCLA. I think the Utes cover. I think they do it fairly easily. We had the line at 14. I could see them winning by as much as 17 to 20 points. 
I don't think this UCLA team is as good as their 5-0 and record. And I think the Utes are the best team in the Pac-12 because they're the most balanced between offense and defense, unlike USC, which is just offense, no defense. So I will take the Utes minus what, four, four and a half right now. All righty, Mr. J.C. Shelton. Uh, I think Chris did a good job of breaking that down from a number standpoint, for sure, and who these guys have, have went against. I mean, he is Washington, our Pac-12 expert. Yes, yes, he is. Um, the Washington win, like like you, like Chris said, missing three defensive backs. I mean, it, it looks good on paper, but when you keep that into account, um, then you add really the home field almost disadvantage for UCLA. Kids don't go watching football games there, so it's basically a neutral field game. Um, it's not like it's uh, super hot, super cold. Gonna be good weather. It's like 75 degrees there right now. I don't think there's gonna be issues there. Um, and for a lot of the reasons Chris said, I mean, Utah is, is that physical team, and I don't think UCLA can keep up with a team for at least for four quarters like that. Might be closer heading into halftime, but I think Utah and their depth and just being balanced, like Chris said too, being balanced on both sides of the ball. In the, in the second half is really going to uh, make itself known. I think they're going to be able to run the ball there. Um, but you look at statistics-wise, they're kind of balanced right now, but it's all about who you've played. And I think Utah and the and the teams they've played are better, and and especially you know, that showing against Florida should have beat them, and then Oregon State as well. Um, I think they're a, a pretty good team to, you know, 42-16. to 16, that's, that's a great win, I think. And I think Utah rides that hot hand, so – I like Utah as well. And you mentioned the crowd, JC. It wouldn't surprise me if there's more Utah fans here than there is UCLA fans because yeah, it's, people people out here don't know it, but Utah has a huge following and they travel really well. Like um, we, we just don't really associate Utah, you know, with you know big fan base. But I, every year, you know, I, I schedule a lot of Phil Steele's radio shows. Or I schedule all of them. I get like 10 to 12 radio requests from, from the state of Utah for Phil. And it's, it's a big thing out there in Utah. That's all, I mean, you have the jazz and you have this team. Yeah. Yeah. And then in, in LA, you've got 40 different teams. So, and these kids don't want to go to football games. And we, we've seen the posts of the crowd on a regular basis. Oh, and these terrible. guys are five and oh, they're five and oh. I mean, you're five and oh in SEC school or down here, ACC, but it is the pac 12. So. Yeah, and weather weather shouldn't be an excuse. I mean, how hot is it in Florida? It's not. It's going to be a night, isn't it a night game, and it's seventy five degrees anyway. Oh yeah, well this will be. But I'm saying, even if it was a hundred degrees, even if it was a hundred degrees out like UCLA had in the opener, you know, I'm sure it was a hundred and ten degrees plus humidity in Florida in their opener, yeah. and uh, you know, and that stadium was probably packed, and you know, people were probably passing out. But the only dis the only discrepancy i think between the two in that analogy chris is the amount of crystal meth and flip-flops but we'll take a look at that as we uh as we take a quick break coming up on the back end of this our pick segment uh there's a lot to stay tuned there's a lot of change happening in the standings folks we'll be back right after this short word from our friends at north coast sports Hello, everyone. This is Chris Van Dyne from North Coast Sports. You'll hear me here every week during football season with my main man, Stu, from the StuCast. And just want to let everyone know we got a lot going on at North Coast. we got Power Sweep coming up. Going to be releasing that at the end of August. And get on board for Power Sweep at ncsports.com. Definitely check out our podcast on ncsports.com. And like I said, you'll hear me every week giving out some of the best handicapping picks that you will get in the industry uh, with Stu and Bobcat every week here, as well as at North Coast Sports, ncsports.com. And we're looking forward to football season. All right, back with everybody's favorite segment, the picks. And we'll start off with, uh, it was a tale of two cities last week. I mean, half the show did really well. Um, the other half is uh, Wagner football. I'll put it like that. It is, it's 
It's an abomination last week. We start with the biggest dumpster fire. He is a trash panda known to one and all people love him, even though he does look like he just jumped out of a dumpster. CVD, Mr. Wednesday night. Last week, a rough one and seven. Drops him down to 13, 22 and one overall. His dogs are hitting five and four on the dogs. Oh, and six on the locks, which is kind of a lock through six weeks. Six locks. If you fade them, you're six and oh. I mean, it's kind of, you kind of just want to keep that going. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, the problem is I'm paid to do this. This is my job, and I I have sucked at it this year. Uh, all right, I'm going to start with my lock, and that's going to be Ohio State against uh, Sparty. So How dare you? <laughs> How dare you? Hey, if I need to get if I need to get a lock, I gotta go get Sparty right now. And I'll tell you what, Buckeyes, uh, they seem like the team that they're gonna they're not gonna really mess around. They're gonna get distance. Unlike uh, another team that I counted on as a big favorite last week, that shit the freaking bed. That a certain person covers here and is a fan of that damn near ruined my night. They ruined my weekend, Chris. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, yeah, Ohio State putting up 530 yards a game. They just smoked Wisconsin. They smoked Rutgers. I know those aren't very good teams, but it just seems like they're on a They're roll. not playing a very good team right now. No, no, they're not. Michigan State, uh, they, they got jumped on by Minnesota. They got jumped on by Washington. Lost by 14 to Maryland. And Honestly, surprised this number's not above 30. I thought the same thing. I Please don't talk about my Spartans. We we are. It's too too soon, but you are correct. Yeah, Ohio State has dominated this series lately. They've won the last five, covered all five. A lot of these are blowouts that would cover this line. Fifty six to seven last year. The last time they played in East Lansing, they won fifty two to twelve. Back in seventeen, they won forty eight three. So a lot of these games, they they cover that line based on. Uh, scores of those games i just think ohio states they're a machine right now they look like let's say the best team in the country right now you know that remains to be seen because a couple weeks ago i said georgia was but not right now after the way they played the last couple weeks but yeah uh i'll take ohio state what do you got that line at Stu? i got it at 27 right now yeah that's under four touchdowns i'm i'm all for that i had it at five touchdowns so i'll take ohio state uh, this one will not, I'm going to stay in a big 10 for this. I don't believe I'm doing this, but, um, what was Wisconsin here? I just think that as a locker, Mm-mm-mm. are you uh, locking, are you locking the Badgers up? Don't do it, Chris. No, I'm not locking the Badgers. I'm not going to go as a lock of the Badgers, but, uh, I, I will take the Badgers here. They're, they've been, dominant. <clears throat> they've been dominant. Yes. Laying 10 uh, Northwestern is. That's a really bad defense. The one time that the only time Graham Mertz really shows up as a quarterback when he's playing a bad defense. And you go back to couple, uh, earlier in the season, Wisconsin was giving, I mean, Northwestern was giving up uh, 31 points and 461 yards to Duke, 465 yards and 28 points to Nebraska. They got gashed on the ground against Miami of Ohio. They allowed 216 and 4.9 yards per carry. Duke averaged 6.3 yards per carry. So Braylon, uh, Braylon Allen will be able to run the ball well in this game. Graham Mertz will do uh, – he'll be good Graham Mertz because he's playing a terrible defense. Last week he's playing a good defense, and he looked like crap. Uh, but when Wisconsin can run the ball and uh, keep Graham Mertz clean, they play better offensively. The defense had a couple poor performances. I think we're going to see with, with Jim Leonard uh, stepping in as head coach. This is his debut. If he wants to keep this job, they have to win these kind of games. And they have to win them convincingly. Beating Northwestern by three, even on the road, will not be enough to appease this fan base that just fired Paul Christ. And if, you know, I, I think they fired Paul Christ because they want to keep Jim Leonard and give him the opportunity to prove uh, that he. I'll tell play. you this, Chris, and I appreciate Jim Leonard and. I, you know, I, I can understand why you would want to keep him. 
if Wisconsin does not make a big splash with somebody who is forward thinking and not stuck in 1983, uh, I I think we're looking at future Iowa. I don't. We don't know what Jim Leonard is as a head coach. We know he's a defensive guy, but just because you're a defensive guy doesn't mean that you can't coach offense. I, I think mean, there's at, a concern, right? Look at Jimbo Fisher. He he's an offensive guy, and his offense sucks. Okay. Sometimes the best thing you can do when you're a defensive when you're a head coach is get the hell out of the way and let your offensive coordinator do his job. And Jim Leonard might be that kind of guy. So, you know, we have to find out, but I, I think in, in a game where you're, you know, it's your, it's your first game as head coach, you have to put your best foot forward, especially against a bad Northwestern team. Uh, if he if can't beat Northwestern, he's not going to keep this job. That's for sure. So, yeah, I, I think laying 10 with Wisconsin is a solid play. If, uh, if the Badgers don't win this game by a couple touchdowns, I think it'll be a, a, a bad mark against them, actually. And they are 19-7 and seven as an away favorite. They do their best work outside of Camp Randall, surprisingly. But I think that a lot of that's because Vegas over overvalues Camp Randall. Uh, next play, uh, and I'm, I'm going to use this as a lock, Buffalo and Bowling Green over. Uh, tell me why this is only 54-and-a-half, Stu. Bowling you know, Green. I, I was looking at this earlier. I, I think it. Ha- I think there's there's some teams, and this is this is what makes the Mac so damn tricky. Also, by the way, folks, you want to get smart on the Mac. Listen to Power Sweep every week. Jim Seaman is uh, my go-to Mac guy, uh, without a doubt. I'll be on that show this week, actually. As a yes, quick, I just posted today. Uh, yes. By the way, uh, this is actually Jim's uh, podcast total. I stole it off him for this one. I, actually, I liked it first. He used it. Then I'm stealing it back. I think there's concern. I, I I I would say I think there's concern that Bowen Green is okay offensively and okay defensively. And I, uh, I think about- you could say the same thing about Buffalo because you look at that Miami-Ohio game, and Miami-Ohio was my preseason Mac pick, mainly because of Gabbert, and he's been out. I think he's going to be out the rest of the year now. Uh, I believe so. Yeah, so that pick, you can flush that down the toilet. But Miami-Ohio's got a pretty decent defense. Buffalo was able to score. It struck me as low so I get it. I get the over. It's at 54 right now. I get the overplay, but there's enough like weird things about it. I just, I can, I think I trust Buffalo. I think what Cole Snyder's done this year is pretty impressive. I don't trust BGSU to score consistently. See, I'm, I'm looking at Buffalo and the fact that they've given up over 30 points in four of their five games. And the only one they didn't was against Miami, who, offensively is not clicking on all cylinders and they're relying on their defense. Um, I did watch a lot of the Bowling Green Akron game last week, sadly enough. Uh, they Matt McDonald, he's, he is flinging it around. He has an 11, a 13 to one ratio is completing 57% of his passes. They, they've got some decent athletes. They put up 57 against Eastern Kentucky. That's no big deal, but you know, Buffalo's defense isn't that great. They put up 34 against Marshall. They put up 31 against Akron. And the game against Mississippi State, a lot of people don't know, but McDonald didn't play that game, and they didn't have their head coach, who is, you know, he's an offensive guy. Uh, He was out with a blood clot issue. So they're putting up 31 points a game. Their defense is atrocious. I think Buffalo gets into the 40s in this game, which if you look at how the game was played last year, it's kind of similar to what I think will happen this year. Maybe a, a little bit higher scoring last year than It'll be this year. Last year, Buffalo lost this game 56 to 44. Uh, Bowling Green put up 56 points and 484 yards. Both teams ran it really well. The year before that, it was 42 17. And this game hasn't actually gone under 54 points since 2016. So I, I think that, 
you know, it is, it's, you know, the Mac can be a little weird, but both of these teams have shown that they can score some points and both of them have shown some holes on defense, you know, Eastern Michigan even put up uh, 31 points against Buffalo. Well, Eastern Michigan also beat Arizona state. So I mean, yeah, but their, their offense is not on Arizona state fired their coach after that. Um, And apparently that, you know, if rumors are true, Arizona state was, Someone on the staff was funneling information to other schools to get Martin Luther. We, we got a weight gate again. Uh, so there's a lot of factors with that. But um, Eastern Michigan isn't an offensive juggernaut by any stretch of the imagination. So um wouldn't surprise me if Bowling Green or if Bowling Green gives up 50 in this game, to be honest. So I, I do think the over is a solid play. Um, I am also going to use Utah as one of my locks. And going my three blocks. I, I I need it because I got to even this thing out. Uh, <laughs> I got two dogs, and I'm actually going to go back to the MAC to a team we just discussed, and that's Miami of Ohio. Um, explain to me what Kent State has done to be a six point favorite against a team that most people regarded as one of the best teams in the MAC, and Kent's on the road. What has what? Kent done to warrant that? Quite honestly, I. I, I, I'm really not sure. Uh, outside of beating a grossly overrated Ohio team. That has a terrible defense. In overtime. Oh, God, well, yeah. Um, their defense is horrific. I think you're still seeing effects from the Georgia game. And I, 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 right. I have to admit, yeah. that has to be it. Yeah, you, which, you, I, which now we're like, well, you know, Maybe that wasn't Kent. Maybe that was just Georgia being bored and JC. You said you said most of the most of the backups played that game, didn't they? Yeah. So that was what stood out to me because it was a nine point game in the second half, and Georgia had their three deep defensive linemen play, who didn't get mate. They got a. They maybe have gotten a couple of snaps in the three games before that, and including Samford. That's when they got their most snap snaps in the second half. It's like Georgia really didn't care, and they knew that they were pushing them up front, so they just kept their backups in and the spots. It was like they went into the game with the game plan, hey, we're going to play these guys, and they still played them anyway. And, and there were some things like that score wasn't really as as close as the game was actually played because, like, Georgia fumbled a punt and handed Kent a, a field goal without getting a first down. So it was like a three-three three, three, three points for Kent. Georgia was driving, and Stetson Bennett threw a pick. I think on the uh, Kent five yard line, like there, there's a lot of things that happened in that game. I, that game, that game could have been you, much. I'll tell you this much, Chris. Turnovers. If from this perspective, <clears throat> I will say Buffalo and Miami are the two teams in the MAC. I think we know the least about Kent State. You, you play Washington. You play Oklahoma. You play Georgia. That's your non-conference, right? Yeah. That's it. And so you you throw those games out, right? Even the Georgia game, and you're left with the Sharks of Brooklyn and a Ohio team that we we think we know what they are. They're they're just dog shit. Yeah, well, and, they're bad defensively. They're and then Miami, Ohio, bad defensively. You look at yes, they beat Northwestern at Northwestern, but. I'm still unsure if they're good. I've seen them hang with Cincinnati. Granted, Cincinnati was very – a lot of that first part of that game was turnover-based. and But how good is Miami, Ohio? They hung and with they, they've too. got a mobile quarterback, and that can kill the Mac, Mac teams. I, it's a game that I think we – I'm going to be watching. I want to play it. I want to side with you. I want to go with the Red Hawks here. Um, God bless you. But I, I th- if you want to figure out the Mac, this is going to be one of those key games that lets you know what it's going to be this year. Here's the other thing. This is always a close game. Last year was a one-point game, seven-point game the year before that, uh, three-point game in 17, four-point game in 16, six-point six game in 15. Uh Six of the last seven games have been decided by seven points or less. Miami's getting five and a half, six points. So, you know, there's assuming it's going to be similar, which I think I got it will, five yeah. and a half right now. Yeah. I, I don't see much reason to think Kent's going to blow them out. 
your margin for error isn't isn't very much, and my, I could easily see Miami winning this game. So I I, I think that uh, I think Miami is a solid play here. Um, the other one, and, and this might sound crazy on the surface, but you know we really dug into this game as our underdog play of the week and power sweep. UL Monroe last oh. year. <laughs> you know what though, hey, Stu, hold on. Okay. When they play at home as an underdog, they don't just cover, they win. Last year against okay. Liberty. They UL this year. I got you. They they won against Liberty at home last year as a 28-point dog. They beat South Alabama as a big underdog last year. They beat Troy as a big underdog last year. They beat Louisiana as a big underdog this year. Four out of their five games as a home dog in the last two years. They've, they've won outright, and all of them, they've been a double-digit underdog. So let's look at Coastal Carolina, and they've got some concerns. Only beat Georgia Southern. I know Georgia Southern beat Nebraska. I don't think this team is – you know that was that was more an indication of how bad Nebraska got. Week before that, they beat Georgia State. Georgia State's not very good. I know Georgia State won last week. Again, I, you know, they had to win a game eventually. I guess twelve point win against Buffalo. Buffalo actually was winning that game for quite a while um, until the fourth quarter, and uh, Coastal Carolina pulled away. Coastal Carolina was lucky to get by Gardner Webb the second game of the year. They won by four points despite getting outgained by 141 yards at home. They were plus three turnovers, only won that game by four points. Coastal gave up 448 pass yards in that game. This is a improving ULM team. And look at the two games that they got blown out by blown out. They got blown out by Texas and Alabama. I mean, it, that's gonna happen. Uh the game last week against Arkansas State was closer than the score appears. This is not a terrible ULM team. Terry Bowden is improving them, and he's used the portal and added talent. I'm not going to say great talent, but talent that can keep you in competitive in the Sun Belt. And I, I the, the and one other thing I look at is, you know, I, I look at those DraftKings splits, um, and it's been kind of pointing me in the right direction for my underdogs lately. Last week, the uh, the two teams I really identified was Tulsa and Troy. Tulsa pushed, Troy won outright. The week before that, Southern Miss against Kansas State uh, fell into this category. And what I'm looking for is teams that have uh, – that the favorite is taking 60% of the bets, but the total handle bet on a game is 70% to the dog. And in almost every one of those cases in the last few weeks, the underdog has won outright. And um, that's, that's what it's looking like right now. That could easily change over the next couple of days. But ULM is taking a lot of sharp money. And, I mean, who else is betting the Warhawks? It's got to be sharps because no one else would even dare. I, I'll tell you, man, I looked at that game. I, I understand it. I do. And I just want to point this out. I'm on FanDuel right now. The Sun Belt Conference winner, you can still get your bets in. Marshall, plus 650. Troy, plus 440. Appy State, plus 390. Coastal's plus 330. The Jaguars of South Alabama, plus 310. I'm going to tell you what. I, Coastal is not winning this league. I, no, I, hope no. they, I hope they win this outright because this team is just grossly flawed. Oh, and add one more play to my uh, card, Stu. It's one of my podcast plays. I will take um, NC State minus three against Florida State. I think they're going to bounce back this week. Okay, NC State minus three. Mr. J.C. Shelton, it is your time up at the bat. Uh, we got into it there. You overall are tied for the lead. 23, 20, and one. Of one push out there. Dogs seven, seven, and one. Locks five and four, which is amazing considering you had a lock of the week as a dog shit football team. Um 
And I will say two and six last week. Can you steer the ship away from the iceberg? J.C. Shelton, UGA football. Ah, ah. I was 14 and six after two weeks, and I have just completely shit the bed lately. It's ridiculous. It's I was thinking, <laughs> thinking about doing a Hawaii ayahuasca trip just to get back, you know, in tune with the college it's, football. It's God. good to see you back, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then let's two, three, maybe 10 minute breakdown of Georgia, Missouri. A lot of issues, a lot of mistakes early that made us pay. And then in the red zone, getting stopped by Missouri, which we haven't done all season. We've had one of the best percentages in the red zone um, of any team. And then for some reason, just like on third down, Missouri was using exotic pressures and getting guys standing up all along the defensive line. And we were having trouble blocking and knowing who to block. That did change in the second half, but a couple of key drops in the first half. Um, and then the second half, two fumbles. We were still able to overcome that. But we did outgain Missouri 299 to 100 in that second half. Missouri's offense, we know, is is pretty bad. But speaks more to that Georgia offensive line kind of meshing. Um, and the run game just completely took over and ran the ball. With nine box sets, most of that game, we were still trying to run it. Weren't getting any movement. Um, so for Auburn coming up, be interesting to see. They do have a really good front seven. I think it's better than Missouri's. Uh, so you're gonna have to run the ball early, but that that's that's really it. I mean, we're missing AD Mitchell, that starting receiver. He, he might be back this week, um, but that he stretches the field. He's a jump ball guy. We need somebody else to step up there. And those two drops early really kind of messed us up because we were driving the ball. So a lot of weird, a lot of weird things that we haven't seen this season and kind of bit us because we usually win the line of scrimmage. And it wasn't that case in that first half last week. And all right, so let's talk my picks here. I'm going to start going completely against Chris, and I want Northwestern. Um, Wisconsin has disappointed me multiple times this season, and I'm just tired of it. And I think Northwestern takes that home field advantage, does something with it, um, and keeps it within a, a touchdown, I think, and it could even win it. Um Give me Kansas State, two points at Iowa State. I like Kansas State there. I think they're a good team. And Iowa State, they just keep letting me down. I mean, lost to Kansas, Baylor. Give me Kansas State here. Can Ole see, Miss. Is is Northwestern your dog play? Yeah, that's one of my dogs. Good. Okay, good. just help, right. help me out. Give, I was me, trying give me your nine dogs or locks. I was trying to, and I just completely missed that one. That was a dog, so that's on me. But I, I was trying to. Valiant right. effort. Give me give Northwestern me. plus ten, and then yep. the Kansas State Wildcats. The cover two minus two. Yeah, cover two. Um, Ole Miss at Vanderbilt. Vandy is atrocious. I liked what I saw from Ole Miss and Matt Corral Jr. Versus Kentucky. Should have lost that game, but this is not Kentucky they're going to play this week. Uh, Vanderbilt, like I said, uh, the baseball school and should really just hang up the football program. But Ole Miss covers 18 at Vandy. Georgia Southern. The Eagles. Last time I took Georgia Southern, they won outright versus Nebraska. So I'm feeling Georgia Southern. I'm getting back to my winning ways and taking them to cover and and. This is a dog for you, Stu. And I'm getting into my my dogs here anyway. Dog for you, Stu. Georgia Southern wins this one. I mean, money line at Georgia State. Two and a half point line. I think Georgia State is atrocious. Georgia Southern plays hard. Harder than Georgia State. They don't have a defense. Georgia State does. But Georgia Southern makes a statement. The battle of the small Georgia schools. Arkansas at Mississippi State. Give me Mississippi State. Eight points. They're getting it's right up to, to nine and a half. Nine and a half. Yikes. Is this don't, a lock? No. I don't think KJ's playing. Wow. Okay. If he is not, then I'm even more set in my ways. I don't well, you know, he didn't finish it. the game last week. He got hurt. Yeah. I, I was and, expecting him to come back, but. So I, I was, think 
you've seen this line go up and up and up. And I think the fact that it's at nine and a half currently as we tape on a Wednesday night, it means it's going over 10. It's across right. multiple key numbers. I yeah. Do you trust Mike Leach to pirate shit? I trust Will Rogers. I like Will Rogers a lot. Um, <clears throat> and that defense is playing pretty good too, which we don't really see. For good Mike Texas toast. Yeah. What'd you say? Texas toast? Yeah. Well, Rogers. Like oh, the... oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No idea. Still. Okay. Rogers. One of the best quarterbacks in the SEC. He's played like it. Um, give me Mississippi State to cover that. Nine and a half. I'll take it. Um, I, it could be a two touchdown game the way they played last week versus Texas A&M. Um, here's a good play for you that Chris is going to like. Tennessee. What do you think about your what your team's going to do, buddy? I know you're. I know you're going to be like, oh no, it's a Death Valley. I'm, I'm not going to say that. I actually like Tennessee this weekend. Oh. I I I went back and forth on using them. Um, I. I completely agree. I look at what LSU did defensively against Robbie Ashford. If Robbie Ashford's thrown for 300 yards, yeah, and then Hooker's going to have a big game. Yeah, I actually I, I like the over here too, but I think Tennessee's going to put up a lot of points on LSU's defense, which we haven't seen yet. It also hurts LSU that this game's noon Eastern, mm-hmm. 11 a.m. Central, so the crowd is not going to be as alive as it would have been if they would have put this game at 3:30 yeah. or 8 o'clock. Unless these boys at LSU go downtown New Orleans and just stay in the bars all night and head right to the stadium. They're not going to be as rowdy, so that's a good point. Um, but I like it. It's a three-point line, right, Stu? Yes, sir. Okay. Do like Tennessee here. Uh, even if LSU shows up and their defense plays well, I think it's a 10-point game. Like a Tennessee can score so quickly and just big play after big play. So give me the fighting volunteers, Rocky Top. Here's a lock for you, Stu. Here's a lock. Number 17 TCU. We already talked about it. At Kansas. Uh, The Cinderella story is no more after this week. Um, TCU, I think, wins this game by a couple of touchdowns for the reasons we spoke about earlier. And then my last play is also a lock. And that is utah covering versus ucla we've already talked about that one Stu, i messed up i'm sorry i can't read my writing it's not good old miss vandy that's a lock also kansas state is a lock i'm sorry <laughs> i couldn't read i didn't even see the lock where i put it so it's it's there. Stu, put me down for the balls too i can't help it there I, we go i i feel th- and i'm not one to take tennis out I didn't like Tennessee against Florida. They didn't cover. I didn't like Tennessee against Pitt. They shouldn't have covered. They covered in overtime. I'm just not want to point to just... out, LSU ranked the number 55th best pass defense in the country. Yikes. And and held Mississippi State an air raid offense to 17 points. Just I, Yeah, but – I, you know, I, I don't I, – you, you don't have seven banks anymore – you know, I'm not worried about that because he didn't, he barely even played in the secondary. He's most playing special teams so far. Wow. But interchange. I, yeah, that, that air raid's a little bit different when you have a quarterback that can actually run the ball. All right. We're going to, yeah, it does change a little bit. We're going to run through these. I'll let you know this. I am 26 and 24. I am just ever so slightly in third place currently my locks seven and five on the season only one with the winning record with the oh jc still barely has one um my dog six and six on the year Let's rip through it. TCU minus six and a half. That's going to be a play for me. UNC Miami. You can hear me break that down this week on Power Sweep Podcast. Wherever you get your podcasts, it's the best show out there. UNC Miami over 66 and a half. Texas. I'm going to take Texas laying the seven. And I know this is always a close game. I I, I think Oklahoma's in a death spiral right now. Dylan Gabriel doesn't look like he's going to play. That defense is woeful. Uh, I haven't bought into Brent Venables all year. I'm not buying the hype train. And I think Quinn Ewers comes back. 
Maybe I should make this dependent on Quinn Ewers. I'm not pressing play on this until Quinn Ewers is, is on the field. I think is you have to make the pick now, Stu. I think that's the rules, right? I'm putting a caveat in there that if Quinn Ewers is starting, I'm taking Texas minus seven or minus eight, whatever it's going to be. I think it's built in that he is starting, right, Chris? I believe he's starting. The only thing I'd say is if you're going to wait, then you get the line that yeah. is Saturday. We That's fair. Long. I think the board needs to have a meeting about this. All right. I'll I'll keep te- Texas stays on my card at minus seven right now. Although that's a push number, but I think Quinn Ewers is a whole different dimension. Ohio State minus 27. It's already been previously mentioned. Uh, my dog of the week. I'm going with the Pirates at ECU. They fucked me good a few weeks ago, but I think I here's my thing. You look at the Pirates' whole schedule, and the only thing that stands out is a game against a triple option team they have historically struggled against. Last week, they got right back to the, to the right side of things, beating up a South Florida team, and although I love Tulane. Tulane is one of my favorite schools. I have Tulane shirts. I root for Tulane. Is Michael Pratt going to be back this week? They're down to a backup third stringer. Chris, you got any intel? Pratt, Pratt practiced full today. Uh, but if if he can't go, then they're down to a third string quarterback. Okay, so even if Pratt does play, and that's fine with me, I really respect this ECU team. I think they're probably – you could make a strong case. They're going to be the third or fourth best team at the end of the year. I think it, Allers is – riding high and look this team when they're not playing the triple option is fucking phenomenal give me the pirates plus three and a half i'm gonna probably be taking a money line the tulane magical story is going to end at some point i just want to make money when it does but i love the green wave two locks for you this week uh i'm i'm taking wake forest against army i i don't if you've watched army if you're an Army fan, and I love my Black Knights, they're, they're fucking horrific. They are they are bad defensively. Danny Granger looked like he was uh, goddamn Michael Vick circa 2000. I mean, it was bad. Chris, did you see that game? I did watch a lot of it. And the other thing is Tiger Taylor got hurt in the second half of that game, and he's their better running quarterback. And he's the reason why I've – I love the over – because this was a crazy 70 to 50. I wor- I, here's my thing. I worry that Ballard. See, the thing, I, I think the thing that made this game go over last year, Christian Anderson could throw a little bit, but he could also run a little bit. Right. Chris Ballard cannot run. Right. He, he's the drizzling shits at running. They do not have a solid running back. That defense is porous. I'm going to take Wake laying the 17. Uh, I mean, I they scored 842 points last year in this game. So I, if you want to take the over, which I think it's sitting at 67. It's extremely reasonable. Like if – but the thing for me is if Tyler's playing, he's their far better running quarterback, then I, I like the game over a lot more. But if he's not playing, I'm worried Army isn't going to score enough. I, I think Wake. And if wins. they do, that's going to be very slow drives. Wake at home, uh, I think they can cover 17. I absolutely think they can cover 17. The only thing I worry about is being home, you rest some starters here. That's my that's a big concern for me in this spot. Last year they were away at Army, and Sam Hartman played through pretty much the fourth quarter, uh, and that game was never in doubt for him. But – I'll take the Demon Deacons this week, laying 17. And then the game I really like, my biggest lock of the week, Western Kentucky, UTSA, over 72 and a half. These defenses blow. These offenses are awesome. Uh, that's an easy over. That's that's almost that's almost a game of the year. Luckily, it's not. It's only my five rhombus game of the month. I'm 1-0 in game of the month. It is a game of the month. Chalk it up. CVD's not in his head. Game of the month. 
undefeated in game of the months and game of the years. I'm just saying, maybe I should uh, be consulted for a job. I, I'd be, if you want to move to Ohio, I would love to have you, Stu. You would be a valuable member of the team. You would like that, wouldn't you? I hey. would. <laughs> Jim Could you would. imagine the Power Sweep podcast we'd put together? Oh, my God. <laughs> it Jim would be electric. Can you imagine the give arguments? Give Jim a heart attack. Can you imagine arguments with Phil Stu? Jesus. Uh, I, I, I'm going to just say this. I didn't see this coming. I don't know if it's dumb luck. I don't I don't quite understand what it was. Bobcat. Um he had a he had a massive week last week. Uh he he lost he lost three games, uh, but he won a whole bunch. He won at eight and three. He is now tied for the lead. 23, 20, and one. Bobcat, his lock of the week, Ohio State, laying the 27. Dogs, he's taking Kansas, uh, plus seven. Mizzou, plus 11. Our Kansas uh, money line. And the Warriors of the Raritan, the Fighting Chianos, Rutgers money line. R, U, let's go. Houston money line, Bama minus 23 and a half and a special pick specifically our great friend, Jonathan Shelton, the fourth Auburn war Eagle plus 30. They're playing a dog shit team in his words, folks. Thanks for staying with us. Thanks for listening. We will see you next week. Listen to our friends over at UGA Football Live and Power Sweep Podcast for me and Chris, Jim Seaman, Robbie DePola. It's a good time. Hey, we'll see you next week, folks. Let's catch some tickets.